Today is Tuesday, July 5th, 2022. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Another mass shooting, this time at a July 4th celebration in Illinois. We'll have that top story and more on today's Quick Start podcast, where we bring you the news from a Christian perspective. If you agree with that mission, you can help by subscribing, give us, giving us a rating, sharing with a friend, all that good stuff. Let's get through that news of the cray together. You can email us tips, complaints, prayer requests, anything you want to send to us. Send it along at quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. And coming up on the podcast today, Trey Gons Phillips and Billy Hallowell will have some of the latest headlines. And on the main thing today, critics of the Roe v. Wade ruling have said that not enough is being done for life once babies are born. We talked to a woman who's been helping teen moms for some time now. Great story there. But our first thing today, the top headlines, a gunman on a rooftop opened fire on an Independence Day parade in suburban Chicago on Monday. It killed at least six people, wounding 30 and sending hundreds of people who are out there, parents with kids and everything, celebrating like you'd normally see on July 4th, sent them fleeing in terror. There's some horrifying videos on social media right now. And it took a while for the suspect to get caught this time. And he was eventually taken into custody near Lake Forest, Illinois. And authorities said he was spotted. And we're not going to use his name, by the way, because it seems like a lot of these people, particularly in this case, they want their name out there. So we're not using his name. But uh, he is a uh, young, white, male man. And he was spotted in North Chicago uh, by an officer who was attempting a traffic stop. And there was a brief chase before he was stopped, and he was taken into custody without incident after that, and then taken to the police station. So uh, there has been no stated motive, but people are starting to go through his social media. You're starting to see things uh, come out now. And he was a rapper who went by the name Awake the Rapper, and he had released a song that seemed to predict he was unhinged, essentially, and wanted to commit an act of violence and wasn't going to be able to stop himself. So another shooting, President Biden has responded, said he will not stop until he can do something uh, to act against gun violence. And so those responses are starting to come in. And all of that uh, was happening yesterday on July 4th. Also on July 4th, a Philadelphia police officer, two of them are uh, grateful to be alive, One of them is alive really after what people are calling a miracle. You have to see the photo. It's it's absolutely incredible. The bullet stopped in his hat. It hit his forehead and they they haven't named the officers as a 36 year old and a 44 year old. But you can see the bullet. It's just lodged in the wedge uh, up in his hat In his hat. There's like a little crease there and the bullets right in between. it. It looks like the hat stopped it. Um, but both officers now have been released from the hospital. There's no one arrested in that incident yet. They don't know what happened. Um, so that was in Philadelphia. But a couple other headlines going on. Flight cancellations, they've eased during the July 4th holiday. But a lot of travelers still finding themselves stranded or delayed in airports across the country. Uh, you can check out CBN News. Dale Hurd has the story on that. And the mayor of Akron, Ohio, declared a state of emergency yesterday after protesters damaged property during what uh, mainstream media labeled, quote, mostly peaceful, quote unquote, demonstrations uh, over a fatal police shooting of a 25 year old uh, black man last week. And police said that there were more than 60 gunshot wounds uh, from eight officers during that incident. And so you can check out more reporting on that on CBNnews.com. As always, 
those those stories are heated and emotional and um, you can get the facts over on cbnnews.com and lastly we've been following the Uvalde the fallout for how that shooting was handled and the school district's police chief Pete Arandondo he resigned from city council this was following backlash um, just over why was he being instated there in the first place so he did actually resign and uh, and so that is your headlines on this Tuesday after the July 4th weekend. And uh, joining me now, as always, Trey Gones Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com. Guys, happy day after the 4th of July weekend. Yeah, we're we're here. We're living the dream. It's a short week, but it's every time there's a Monday holiday, I feel like I'm a yeah. day off the whole yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, yeah. totally. Yeah. Totally. The short week, it really throws things off. But I hope you guys had a... Had a great weekend because uh, it was beautiful weather here. I don't know about in your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Kayaked. It was amazing. That all sounds fantastic. But let's dive into some of these headlines. And a street preacher was arrested in Seattle. And there's some outrage on social media about this, Billy. But what is going on? What are the details around this story? Yeah, these stories are always a little crazy because you're trying to discern the details, pull them together, and you don't always have a lot of information. But in this case, this happened in late June in Seattle, Washington. The preacher's name is Matthew Meinecke. Um, and basically, you know, we, we see video of him being confronted by police officers. There's police officers standing around him. Um, and they're saying to him, look, you know, you're a public safety hazard. And there's a quote from one cop in this video where he says, so at this point, we can no longer stand by the risk that you pose for public safety by remaining here. It can be mitigated if you leave your last chance. Now, this is at a pride event. So obviously you've got a Christian preacher preaching aloud, um, not not from what we know, screaming at people. He says he wasn't screaming at people or, or being insane. He was not aggressively preaching, um, but he's there preaching. And so the cop is basically saying, this is your last chance. Now, we don't know what preceded that because the video just shows the cop standing around him. And his response to the cops are that, you know, he, he doesn't want to leave. He said, I don't want to leave because I'm not in danger. And at that point, the authorities handcuff him. The crowd erupts in cheers and he's apparently taken into custody, handcuffed and, and all of that and arrested. Now, he has since spoken out about this. He's expressed that he's very disappointed in the police. Now, they did not charge him. It's possible they could later charge him, but he was not charged. He was released. Um, but he said, look, your job is not to silence me and move me. He was speaking of the police. He said, why are the people so offended by words? I just believe in using the word of God. So if those words are offensive, the problem is in you. Now, he shared a bunch of footage on his Twitter account, this pastor, um, a lot of really kind of disturbing things. And it's a little confusing because this happened at a Pride event, but he apparently had some issues at a Roe v. Wade protest a few days before that. Um, but at the Pride event, he was arrested. At the other events, there are videos of people kicking the Bible. It's actually pretty disturbing. Mm. Um, these people are, you know, laughing and giggling and cackling as they kick the Bible. Um, the Bible is apparently thrown in a toilet. There's a video where where it shows the pastor showing this Bible in like a porta potty toilet and he's getting emotional while mm. he's talking about it. Uh, so, so lots of details there. We have reached out to the Seattle police and you know, we'll update over on Faithwire if, and when we do hear back from them, if there are any statements on, on this, but of course the arrest of a pastor um, who is preaching purportedly in a public venue that, that has shocked people and created quite a bit of debate. Yeah. We've seen similar stuff that we've reported on that has happened in the UK 
there was a street, but you kind of understand that, like that it's a little different in the UK. They don't quite have the first amendment protections that we do. Uh, and so it's a little different over there when something like that happens to see it here in America. And again, we don't have all of the details, but from what it looks like, it's very disturbing. And, you know, look, we can, we can be promised guys that the world's not going to like the word of God. You are, you are in a foreign land essentially when it comes to your faith. Uh, and when you're dealing with unbelievers, they are just going to be hostile towards the word of God. It's, it's sort of a natural reaction uh, to people who are are not believers, and so um, you know, you're you're essentially confronting them with their sin, and nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. So, um, so it, it, on the one hand, it's a little unsurprising, but on the other hand, on you know, this is this story obviously happened in June, but you know, here we are talking about this type of a thing on July Fourth on Independence Day weekend, and uh, it's it's disturbing to see. I think it's kind of hard to find that balance between being upset at something and like having anger for the right reasons at something like this, but also not kind of giving into cynicism and then making, making assumptions about all people who are unbelievers. Um, I don't know. It's difficult, I think, to walk that line Mm. um, between Mm. being angry and being upset at something, but not letting it cut off the line of communication that could foster a relationship or give you an opportunity to share the gospel. So as believers, I think it's it's good to take these stories in, but then to be prayerful about it. I think that's the benefit that we have as as believers, having the Holy Spirit can kind of sanctify us through that process. But yeah, it's awful to see these kinds of stories, and, and it seems like they're escalating. Yeah. Yeah, it does indeed at times. And uh, look, a great neutralizer to some of this stuff, guys, could be a great meal. And um, there's there's some unsurprising news here from America's favorite restaurant, and uh, it's funny because I saw this and I thought, you know, this is it's great, but yet I, I'm not surprised because uh, well, I'll just look. Trey, you have the news on America's favorite chicken restaurant. I'll let you take the floor. <laughs> well, you kind of tip the hat. I know, I know. The chicken, and it's not Popeyes. No, it's not. Pop- no, it's not. To everyone's surprise, Chick-fil-A <laughs> for the eighth year in a row has returned as America's favorite fast food restaurant chain, according to the latest results uh, released this week from uh, the American Customer Satisfaction Index. Uh, the ACSI uh, measures things like order accuracy, food quality, facility cleanliness, mobile ordering, and staff helpfulness. Uh, and they gave the Christian-owned chain an 83% customer satisfaction rating overall, with all of those things being considered. Uh, other restaurants didn't fare so well. Uh, <laughs> top-rated chains like Dunkin', Starbucks, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Popeyes, and McDonald's all fine restaurants, uh, but all of them <laughs> decreased in customer satisfaction. Honored by the results of this survey, and we are grateful to our customers for choosing Chick-fil-A. It's truly our pleasure to serve them. Yeah. See what they did there. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the spokesperson added uh, more than 170,000 uh, people represent Chick-fil-A and 2,700 restaurants across the country. This recognition is acknowledgement of the care they put into serving great food with gracious hospitality. Every day, our restaurant team members go above and beyond each day to create a friendly, welcoming place to visit. Uh, so one last thing here that's kind of interesting is the index found that customers, uh, and this isn't really a shocker, but uh, it's interesting in the age of COVID when everybody 
everybody was going to fast food, uh, is customers prefer full-service restaurants over fast-food restaurants this year. Mm. Uh, overall, customer service satisfaction with full-service restaurants received a total of 80% uh, satisfaction, while fast food, the fast-food industry dropped this year by a little more than two percentage points, and they're now at 76%. So... Uh, America loves Chick-fil-A. Yeah, they do. <laughs> they prefer to sit down in a restaurant. That's interesting. That is interesting. But, um, you know, one of the other interesting things about Chick-fil-A is just that just that one, it's clearly put a pr- uh, premium on for their employees to be courteous, to be overly nice. I mean, we always kind of, we've had a ton of headlines of Chick-fil-A workers like running down the street to save people or whatever they're doing <laughs> yeah. all the time. And um, and so it's amazing how just being courteous is like uh, will make you stand out because we've all been to fast food restaurants where the person clearly just does not want to be there and they are like, oh, I can't take your order, you know, and it's just, you know, it makes it kind of a eh, you feel like, why am I here? And then, you know, you go when you go to a place that does have someone who's just upbeat and happy. And hey, I'm, I'm happy to see you today. It just makes you feel good. Yeah, it does. Well, and I guess. You know, I wonder if the whole thing of wanting to sit down and eat has to do with COVID and not being able to obviously go out and do anything. And yeah. Now you want to do that. And yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Chick-fil-A needs to open like these glamorous, glorious sit down chicken <laughs> restaurants. Well, I was going to say That'd be so amazing. There's, a new, there's a new Chick-fil-A in my area. And if you go in one door, it's like the regular you know, go up to the the line and order and whatever. But if you go the other direction, you see your menu. I'd be all in favor of that. I'd be in favor of that. Well, guys, now yeah, that we've, we've, cool. we've gotten through some of the headlines, but what were some of the things that stood out today? Obviously, we have this big uh, shooting that happened in Illinois and another one of these. And so we're going to see all these debates that we've been seeing. I mean, it's almost like, um, you know, stock debates that, that, that both sides on the political spectrum have. You know, you're going to see the, the talk of 2A takes center stage again. President Biden kind of repeated some of the comments he made after Uvalde. And so it, it is again. And I, I just for the life of me, guys, I am not going to understand why someone wants to just open fire on just a group of innocent people. I, I other than just our sin nature and looking at it as, you know, and I saw Ali Beth Stuckey point this out. And I thought, you know, and again, we don't know this person's life yet other than a few details. But just that purposelessness and having no sense of who they actually are and just a nihilist worldview where you just, you know, your your matter and time, you know, your your um, your cells and your matter just acting on time and chance. And uh, that that has to lead to despair. And so I think you're seeing some of that. But I mean, man, it's just it's hard to understand why someone would want to do this. Well, yeah, you, know, you keep removing God. You keep telling people they don't need God, that they're the arbiters of their own truth. And and this is the natural reaction to all of that. And I don't want to oversimplify these individual yeah. events, but culturally, that's what we're watching. Like, why? If you're telling me that I was an accident and that there's no God and that all of this is just, you know, we're just matter floating around that just right. poofed out of nowhere. Why would anybody? Why is there any meaning? Why it does truth <laughs> matter at all then? Yeah, you know, I think these things are good reminders that uh, we we often talk about the spiritual and the abstract, uh, but the reality is, as believers, uh, we know that it's not abstract. So with time, the more and more you remove God from the public square, we take him out of schools, we take him out of out of the secular aspects of our community. When you push him out, push him to the periphery, 
uh, this is what ultimately happens, right? Yeah. Is there are consequences for the spirit. There are real life physical consequences for the spiritual decisions we make mm-hmm. because they can't be uncoupled from one another. Uh, and I think it's easy to, to think that they can, but these uh, incidents kind of r- remind me uh, tragically that they can't be untied from one another. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and so I think as Christians, we can we can know that our worldview that that the truth of our worldview can play a powerful, powerful role in, in all of the fallen brokenness that we're seeing around the world, that we should be um, really encouraged to share that with other people for that specific reason. And, and another area that that issue is important is on Roe v. Wade, particularly now that the ruling you know has been made official and we know where things are going. There's a lot of talk uh, about, Hey, you only care about life in the in the womb and not once uh, they're actually born. And so you hear that criticism, although there's a lot of data to show that Christians are very actively engaged. And Billy Hallowell talked to one of those people who is actually helping teen moms and has been doing so for some time. And a lot of people are saying this is going to be the future. This is going to be the a future battleground for Roe v. Wade and the pro-life movement. Take a look. The U.S. Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, the 1973 verdict that legalized abortion across America. The big question many people are asking is what comes next? Pro-life organizations around the U.S. are looking for all sorts of ways to jump in and help new mothers and expectant mothers. We have crisis pregnancy centers and lots of other organizations doing a wonderful job. But one group, a unique group called Teen Mother Choices International, is doing something a little different. They're training churches across the U.S. to serve and equip teen mothers. These are young mothers who have chosen to keep their babies. TMCI founder and president Krista March joined me to talk not only about her organization, but also about the needs of teen mothers and how some churches are pitching in to help. Here's what she had to say. In 1989, when Teen Mother Choices first started, we were we developed the program. In 2009, we created Teen Mother Choices International, which is the training and the equipping organization where we train churches, local churches, as well as pregnancy care and resource centers to implement this program into what they're already doing. Our job is to walk side by side by side with those um, individuals that want to implement the program. Serving teen moms um, who have chosen to parent their children is very different than serving a woman that's in a pregnancy situation because you're talking long-term. On average, a woman is in this program for up to three and a half years. We have to get her to at least finish high school. We have to help her at least get her job and and so on. So it's much more long-term. Teen Mother Choices International sits with a church, sits with a pregnancy care center all the way through until they decide they don't want to do the license anymore, as long as they don't want to do the program anymore. So our longest running license has been in existence for 12 years. For 12 years, they've served girls that have chosen to parent their children. And how many uh, churches and pregnancy resource centers and organizations do you work with? Right now, we have six um, licensees that are around the country, and we have many more, and especially now since the overturning of Roe v. Wade, many more that have reached out to us that have said, 
tell us how we need to do this. So we're actually in a great position right now to be able to train and equip others. You know, let's let's talk about these needs because you've seen this firsthand, obviously, and I want to get into your personal story as well. But but when we when we look at what a teen mom and I love what you said because you guys are coming into this just to clarify this so people understand. You know, as you said, a lot of women they go to crisis pregnancy centers because they're pregnant and they're struggling and they need help and they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, you that's already been made that decision by the time that these girls are going through churches. Um, or organizations, by the time they reach those churches, they've had, they're having the baby, they've had the baby. So you're, you're past all of that. What are some of the needs? You mentioned a few of them, but just so people get a sense, because we talk about this from a 30,000 foot level, but what do teen mothers need? Interestingly enough, we will, um, I'm saying we in the general sense, we'll, we'll, we'll tell them they just need to go finish high school. Okay. Who's going to pay for the childcare so that they can go back to high school? I mean, if they're going to go back to high school full time, if you're working with a girl that's a sophomore in high school, she's got at least two more years to finish. How is she going to pay for that childcare? Many states have taken away the funding for childcare because there's no way to, the government can't pay for it anymore. Now the girl says it's easier for me to drop out of school. So there's one way. How can you help pay for childcare so the girl can go back to school? Secondly, we say, we say to this girl, you need to go get a job. You got to get off of welfare. Go get a job. Okay. So she goes, she fills out the application. She gets a job. She finds out, she's 17 years old, she finds out that, oh, her um, wages are going to be garnished because somebody has stolen her social security number and has racked up over $40,000 on her social security number. Now what do you do? You know, we, we throw out these very quick answers. Well, get a job, get off of welfare. But we don't realize there's a whole backstory back there that got them to this point. How are we going to walk side by side with her to get her past that? So those, I mean, those anything that a teen mom resource she needs, any information she's lacking, we want to be able to provide that for her. And so, so when it comes to training those organizations and churches, you know, let's say they're in a situation like that where somebody needs childcare, what are some of the ways that these, these churches and centers are then helping to meet those needs that you've seen? The, the biggest service I believe that Team Mother Choices International provides for churches or a pregnancy center that wants to implement the Team Mother Choices program into what they're already doing is the fact, Billy, we're there every step of the way. Every program director meets with her TMCI training coach every two weeks just to give them an update. What's going on? What are you struggling with? How can we help you? And so questions like that, how do I find childcare, are things that we want to work with them to find the answers. Because again, every community is different. Every There are some communities that have lots of childcare for teenage moms. Other communities, and what we're finding is the rural communities have little, if any, kind of resources available. And this is a really great way for the church to step in and say, we're going to make that happen. That was Krista March of Teen Mother Choices International. For more information on TMCI, head over to teenmotherchoices.org. All right, Billy, thanks so much for that. And that leaves us with time for one last thing today. And 
An interesting song climbed on the Apple charts, Trey. What is going on with this? this is, I love this, but this is this is wild. Yeah, so kind of a funny story, but a cool one. So the soundtrack for LifeWay's 2022 VBS theme this year, uh, Spark Studios, uh, reached the number one spot on Apple Music's top 100 <laughs> children's albums uh, this year. So VBS kind of funny, but cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is funny. It's cool. but now, And now no one will ever be able to get these VBS songs out of their head. <laughs> <laughs> for the right. week, for the rest of the year until next year's VBS comes around. I mean, Billy, I'm sure you're. Uh, did you go to? Did you guys do VBS? Oh yeah, that's where I. That's where I like accepted Christ at a VBS when I was six years old. There you I go. And VBS. now, and we haven't stopped singing the song since. But <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, that's good to see. But that's where we're going to end it on uh, today's podcast. Uh, we're glad to be back here in the mix, going through the news of the cray. And if you want more news from a Christian perspective, head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com. Subscribe, leave a rating, all that good stuff. Again, you can email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Don't forget to subscribe to the CBN Quick Start email newsletter as well. It's a great email you can get in your inbox each and every Monday through Friday. God bless. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs>